1000 KSOO. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, that was a chilly little ride into work today. What happened there? I was not expecting that. You know, I knew it was going to be a little chillier than normal, but not like that. Ah, that is a vicious wind. Vicious wind out there. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on this windy and cold Tuesday in the best little city in America. Uber producer Dan Peters is off today in celebration of the Thanksgiving holiday. Dan will be back hopefully next week, sometime next week. But for now, it's it's just me, baby. It's just you and me having a little fun on the radio. Uh, thanks for spending a bit of your busy day with us today on Information 1000 KSOO. I'll do my best to guide you through a couple hours of engaging, entertaining conversation on news, politics, sports, fitness, and the spirit of giving, you know, in the spirit of the holiday. So that's going to be good. Yeah, you know, I said uh, I, I talk a lot about riding my bike around the fine, fine city, and uh, I've been doing a lot of it lately. Uh, got got myself my new bike, my Salsa Fargo, and it's pretty sweet. Um, you know, and I, I've talked about this before, too. You see a lot of things out there uh, when you're cruising around that you probably don't see in your car. I don't see them in my car because you're paying attention, right? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to look at the road. You're supposed to be paying attention, not gazing in wide wonder at the world. So the other day I'm riding along, and what do I see? And I, I've seen eagles before, okay? You see eagles in the city on occasion. This time I saw a bald eagle at like, you know, 30 feet above 41st Street, kind of going down the river. You know, he's cruising, he's hunting, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, but it was really close. So that was neat. And then the other day I noticed over by uh, 57th and Western, kind of over in that area, there's been like a beaver invasion over there. If If you're driving down 57th, uh, or you're on the bike trail over there, or you're over at Yankton Trail Park, what have you, um, just look down by the river, uh, kind of where the western, where the bridge goes over the river on Western Avenue, on the on the east side. And there are like a dozen, maybe more, trees that are just being assaulted by the beavers. And it looks like they're going to clean that place out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, they got them down. They got them stripped down everywhere. It's it's kind of crazy what's going on over there on the river. Uh, but the weirdest thing I had happening to me lately, and I, I never see beavers, by the way. You just never, you hardly ever see them. But I, you know they're there because you can see what they do. The other thing that I never used to see uh, is uh, a little critter we like to call the possum. And I've been seeing more and more of them. And also, by the way, little side note before the possum story. What's the deal with the black squirrels? We did not used to have black squirrels here. Now there are black squirrels everywhere. What sort of strange genetic derivation is a black squirrel? Opposed to our normal cute little red squirrels. These things are like devil squirrels. And now they're all over the place. Still freaks me out when I see them because I don't immediately recognize it as a squirrel. I think, ah, weasel, you know, or something like that. But it's not. It's a black squirrel. I think uh, next time I get Thea Miller-Ryan, Thea, if you're out there listening today, you got to tell me what to do. You got to find somebody that can explain the black squirrels to me because I'm, I'm, I have concerns about the changing nature of our wildlife population. 
And, you know, Thea Miller-Ryan from the Outdoor Campus, she's on the show usually every Friday. Uh, not this Friday because there won't be a show because it's the holiday. I'm taking, the, I'm taking Friday off, people. All right? Just back off on that one. I'm going to live like a normal person for a change. Anyway, so Thea's on the show on Fridays about 3.45. And we talked about all kinds of, last time we talked about uh, what fish do in the winter. Well, I want to know now why we are being invaded by black squirrels. That's my that's our topic for the next Thea Miller Ryan Thea Miller Ryan segment I think, but this the possum thing. Okay, so when I was a kid, growing up, I swear we did not have possum in this country, up around here. You know what I'm saying? And so now I start seeing. I I don't think I actually saw a possum even dead until I was working in Sioux City in the mid '90s. And, you know, of course, Sioux City, they're overrun with all manner of critter and vermin. But I had not seen one in Sioux Falls until maybe, I don't know, I suppose 15 years ago now. But so you see them dead all over. You just don't normally see them alive. Uh, and I saw uh, my good friend Matt Staub the other day was talking about possum on, on the Facebooks. And uh, I believe a uh, uh, weird friend, Genomac, had one on her, on her porch or something like that. And so that got me thinking about it. But then I'm, so I'm riding in the dark on the trail and it's, I mean, it's dark and I'm going along, got my lights on and everything. And I see, and you know, there's always kind of stuff running around out there. That's no big deal. You hear things, you know what I'm saying? You hear things, you know, you think cougar? No, it's a squirrel rabbit. So, but I'm going along and off to the right. I see up in the, up in the, uh, uh, kind of distance up there, the two beady little eyes, all right. And I'm not sure what it is. Now, when you see the two eyes together like that, it's not a squirrel. It's not a rabbit. You know what I'm saying? Because they got their eyes on the sides of their heads. These are two little eyes looking right at you. So you're immediately you're thinking like a rat, something like that. But these 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 possum eyes, they glow. OK, and it's freaky. I'm just going to tell you it's freaky. And as I get closer and closer, because I'm moving, you don't have a lot of options. You know, we could stop and turn around. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to keep going. And so I get up next to whatever creature it is and I look down in the light and I still can't, but it was definitely a possum and it was big and it seemed kind of mean, you know, it didn't seem afraid of me at all. And so I'm rolling by and I move over to the side of the trail, of course, and shoot, you know, kind of shoot by him there. I'm rolling along at 12, 13, something like that. And I hear it rustle around. and I, So I'm thinking it's running away. I don't think it was running away <laughs> as I listened. I, I think it was running kind of with me. All right. Uh, I've had skunks do that kind of, and it freaks me out a little bit. But this possum, so I'm, I whip by it, and I'm hearing the rustling, and I'm not sure what's, so I just hammered it. I, hammer, I don't know how fast a pa- possum can go. You know, I maybe. For me, hammering it. Okay, I maybe got up to like 18. But I'm I'm huffing and puffing it out of there. I think possums scare me. That, I don't know what's up with that. I got that there's a like a the animal invasion is happening, and I, I need to Thea needs to come in here and clear this all up for me. Anyhow, you know, we've got a great show for you today. It's a it's a jam-packed show. A lot of guests. Uh, Madeline Shields of The Banquet will be with us in the second hour to talk about a big event they host every year at The Banquet uh, on Thanksgiving morning. It's the run for food. 
it's a it's just a great story where that came from and uh, where what all the money they've raised. It's it's really cool. Um, we'll hit a little college basketball with Jesse Smith, who is director of sports operations for the Sanford Sports Complex. This weekend is the big Pentagon Showcase featuring uh, four D1 schools from around the country and three from around the country and one from USD, the Coyotes. Uh, Common Man is in for my weird friend of the day. He'll tell us what he's thankful for, which could be interesting because he's the Common Man. Uh, the FCC unveiled plans to reveal repeal net neutrality today, which is a big deal in the world of the Internet and how you get what you get online and all that sort of thing and what you pay. Uh, Dan Nelson, director for government, government Total affairs for Midco, which is the cable provider, main cable provider in this area, will tell us what that could mean for consumers in our area. And I'll have the P&L statement just after the break. Uh, we're going to have a stupid man update because you got to do that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about city government, something I saw on Joe Sneevy's Twitter feed that I found interesting, and, uh, you know, some pipeline news. You know, good stuff. That's all coming up on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Surround yourself with the news and information. 317 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Closer to free by the Bodines, the theme song of the PNL statement. Looking at the news, looking at the news, lots going on today. As always, we've had a, you know, I'll I tell you what, though, there's not a lot going on locally. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Uh, it's been a little slow locally, uh, other than, you know, a bunch of car crashes, fatal car crashes. What? There was one in town this morning on, I, on 229 over on the east side. A young man lost his life. It's very tragic. Um, 19 year old, uh, it's terrible. And there was a woman, uh, who died in a fiery wreck in McCook County over North of Montrose. And then there was this semi that crashed over in Turner County. Um, and I mean, it's just been one after another. I don't know what's going on there lately. It's just been a lot. So people just slow down, be careful, be careful out there. All right. Um, but in the stupid man update, Stupid man update for the day. Uh, we've got, um, you know, a couple new contenders here. Uh, obviously, Charlie Rose has been in the news the last couple of days. Uh, and a new a Michigan representative, John Conyers, has been a recent entry into the Stupid Man Hall of Fame. Um, so yesterday, all the stuff came out about Charlie Rose, I think, while we were on air. And so I, I don't think I got Charlie Rose into the Stupid Man update yesterday. So Charlie Rose, of course, is the famed broadcaster uh, on PBS for a long time. He was he was the co-anchor of the CBS Morning News. He does some 60 Minutes, and he's not doing any of that anymore uh, because CBS News fired him. Uh, PBS, I think, has uh, uh, cut ties with him. He, he owns his own company, okay? So at some measure, he's not an employee uh, uh, really in the classic sense um, in that you know, PBS just bought his show from him, but it was a good show. I, I mean, I've been watching that show forever. Well, turns out Charlie Rose is, is right up there with the, all the rest of the stupid man. Um, he's groping people and walking naked in front of them when they're out, uh, traveling for business and such. And all of his multiple homes, I, this is, 
just weird. So CBS canned him today. Uh, You know, nobody said he did anything wrong at CBS. It's all over on his own show on the Charlie Rose Incorporated show. Uh, But yeah, he's, he's, Big time famous, and now he's big time famous for the wrong reasons. Um, so uh, this guy from P- from CBS, who's the boss over there, he says, uh, David Rhodes, uh, I've often heard that things used to be different, Rhodes said in a memo to CBS News staff, and no one may be able to correct the past, but what may once have been accepted should not ever have been acceptable. So it's, I, you know, people are getting whacked. Uh, he says our credibility in that reporting requires credibility, managing basic standards of behavior. That is why we have taken these actions. Cause he's saying they report on sexual misconduct. So they got to be higher standard. Um, so yeah, he's Charlie's probably done. Um, there was a story in the post that started this, uh, citing accusations by eight women. Um, and of course this is just the flood of misconduct stories involving prominent men, since the New York Times reported on Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein this fall, predating that are harassment accusations that cost former Fox News CEO Roger Ailes and the network's top personality, Bill O'Reilly, their jobs. We've sort of forgotten about Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly. You know, they're way down on the list now. So, it you know, Rose, several women accused Rose of touching them on the breasts, buttocks, or thigh, emerging naked from a shower when they were working at his residence. Oh, man. I You know... This is not good. It's not good. Uh, I don't care who you are. He uh, Rose had no immediate reaction on his fire from CBS. In a statement late Monday, he apologized for his actions and said he was deeply embarrassed. I bet. Uh, then Representative John Conyers, who's 88 years old, okay? He has been in the House of Representatives. from. He is from uh, Detroit, Rock City. He uh, uh, apparently has... Uh, settled a complaint in 2015 from a woman who alleged she was fired from his Washington staff because she rejected his sexual advances. So that's two years ago. Um, You know, so the man was in his 80s, all right? Come on, John, get it together. So BuzzFeed News reported on Monday that that, uh, Conyers paid the woman $27,000 to settle the complaint under a confidentiality agreement. Uh, So Conyers said this is not happening. It didn't happen, but BuzzFeed also published affidavits from former staffers, staff members who said they had witnessed Conyers touching female staffers inappropriately, rubbing their legs and backs or requesting sexual favors. Uh, One former staffer said one of her duties was to, quote, keep a list of women that I assumed he was having affairs with and call them at his request and, if necessary, have them flown in using congressional resources. So, Mr. Conyers might be done, too. Done. Stupid man number 89 so far. I made that number up. Yeah, so he uh, he answered the door at his Detroit home, told the Associated Press that he knows nothing of any claims of inappropriate touching and learned of the story from television just hours earlier. Quote, I've been looking at these things in amazement. <laughs> so, there you go. He's the top, serv- top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee and the longest current member of the house having arrived in 1965. So that's your stupid man update for the day. It continues. I, I know the president said something about more today. I, I, I don't got the, I don't have the details on that just yet. I just heard it on the news, just like you good people did, but I don't, I, I think he's saying just vote for the Republican. Don't worry about it. 
but I got to look into it. Uh, pipeline news. So TransCanada up there uh, by Amherst, South Dakota, up near Aberdeen, where the big spill was, 210,000 gallons of oil uh, from the Keystone Pipeline. They're testing a ditch, see if there's any contamination. They don't think there is, but they're going to test it anyway. Uh, this guy from uh, the South Dakota Department of Environment and Natural Resources says no visible oil in the ditch. And uh, they're going to collect water for sampling Monday if ice in the ditch melts, which I really couldn't you, I mean, you know, hit it with a space heater or something. I, I don't know. They don't think it's polluted any water bodies or drinking water system. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, the GWD Governor Dennis Dugard said he hopes people are peaceful if they protest. Uh, he says, you, if you exercise your First Amendment rights, do so peacefully because the Nebraska uh, Commission has approved the Keystone XL oil pipeline through the state. That's the other pipe. That's the West, Keystone West, if you're a South Dakotan. Uh, Dugard said he proposed, his lo- proposed he supports the proposed pipeline as long as it can be built and operated safely. Well, that's there you go. Uh, Mike Rounds says he supports Keystone. He's concerned about the oil spill. Uh, Assistant Wapanoyate Chairman David Flute says members are highly disappointed with Nebraska's move considering the oil spill spill near their reservation. So that's, you know, that's the pipeline news for the day. Uh, you know, one of the most interesting things that happened, I was on a Twitter feed by tomorrow's guest to the show is uh, uh, Joe Sneavy. Okay. And so Joe uh, is covers City Hall, if you know Joe, for the uh, Argus Leader. And uh, so he's uh, he's right. Wrote a story the other day about that we've been talking about about the parking ramp and how spaces are going to be twice as much as they are elsewhere. Well, the city's been taking uh, uh, exception to the analysis and what people are saying. Um, but the problem is, as Joe points out. Um, we'll ask him about this tomorrow. City officials are telling citizens per space cost of ramp isn't twice national average, but declined to discuss the matter with media. At tonight's meeting, which is tonight, the city council meeting, media will be blamed for criticism of the project. <laughs> I'm sure that'll happen. Um, they dispute the assertion of the story, though City Hall waived its opportunity to provide accurate information prior to the article being published. Joe says the administration could take any strategy it chooses, but opting not to give its side of the story when it knows the story is being written is not an effective way to steer the narrative, get buy-in from public. That is true, but that is pretty much the modus operandi of the Huther administration, and uh, that's going to continue as long as Mr. Huther is in office, which isn't much longer. That's the PNL today. Agree or disagree, you can email me, patrick at kso.com, or follow us on Twitter at Show. Coming up next... The Common Man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Brian Kilmeade, Chris Plant, and The Dana Show. Weekdays on Infra. 333 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And that music means one thing it's time. For the common man, little Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA, so the common man's new theme song. <laughs> Mr. Common, thanks for being here today. Yes, well, it's 
great to be with you, Patrick, on Thanksgiving Eve Eve. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a nice time of year, although it's a little chilly today, but it's going to be lovely. You know, you got the parade of lights, you got, uh, you know, the football and the hanging out and just relaxing. That's what it's, we like to do, relaxing. It's very true. It's, it's, it's a holiday that's got all my favorite things. I, I don't have to buy any gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's food, mm-hmm. there's football, and then there's a complete day off afterwards to recover from it. Yep, and then just lounge around and yes. eat more and watch more football because <laughs> there's now football on probably starting, I don't know, in about an hour, and then uh, <laughs> running through basically uh, Monday night, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that's the beautiful thing. It's, and, it's, it's a, and it's a good time for us to all pause and, and mm-hmm. uh, think back and all the things we should be thankful for. You know, over the past weeks, moons. But I did hear about that your possum story. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, you kind of missed out there. <laughs> what it was like for some fixins? What would Granny Clampett say? <laughs> yeah, it was Thanksgiving. It's the time of year for some roasted possum. Possum is good eating. Oh my gosh, Granny, <laughs> Granny Clampett. Uh, Jen, <laughs> Jen, there's a possum. <laughs> Give me my gun! And, and, the, and the little bottle of XXX is strictly for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. I love Granny. I'm going to have to go <laughs> see if I can catch a little Beverly Hillbillies on you know, YouTube or something. That'd be cool. Uh, you know, it is, it is Thanksgiving, and uh, it's a time to reflect. I, and and I, I, I would imagine that the common man, being what you are and who you are and how much I know you, you probably take some time now to just reflect. I do. I try to. I try to jot down a couple things every year, you know, to make sure that I'm I'm, I'm in a good place and moving forward to the, the coming new year. You know, and one of the things I was thinking about this past week, you know, I, I was thankful that President Trump apparently helped a couple of turkeys avoid execution earlier this week. Really? Yep. Well, that's the normal, you know, right? No. Yeah, but that was just the UCLA basketball team. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently the young lads uh, had not read the Otto Warmbier travel guide to communist Asia. <laughs> no, that's right. So, Rule number one. Don't touch anything. <laughs> don't steal anything. <laughs> yeah, but the, the real turkeys, Drumstick and Wishbone, did get their pardon today, which was which was really cool. They were the real turkeys. Yeah. And afterwards they uh, immediately tweeted their thanks to President Trump for yeah. For letting them go, letting them slide on that, which is probably a great idea. Do t- do turkeys tweet? Well, carefully. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I don't know what to say. The, uh, uh, the, but, the gobble? Yeah, the gobble. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> it's the gobble emoticon. Ah, there you got it. Yeah. It's, but then on top of that, we you know what Thanksgiving, the other thing I was thankful for is there are people out there that like stuffing yams. Mm. And giblets. 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 What about cranberries? I'm okay with cranberries. Really? You don't, you don't like, you're, you, you're saying you're glad people eat these things so that you don't have to? Right. Well, you know, and come on, yams or sweet potatoes, whatever it is. Dude. You have to cover them with a half an inch of marshmallows <laughs> with brown sugar on top. Are we really eating for the sweet yeah. potatoes here, gang? I've come to really, I, I, I've really turned my thinking around on the whole sweet potato uh, universe. Oh, God, honest. you're not one of those people who eat sweet potato french fries, are you? Oh, God, yes. Oh, God. I, this, this is what I'm saying. When I was, okay, when I was growing up, right, the sweet potatoes would come around, the yams, like you're saying, 
uh, over there at grandma's or what have you and uh, uh, covered with marshmallows. You're thinking, uh, no, I'm not eating that. And then uh, invariably, my uncle, my, my late dear departed uncle would say, oh, give me that's candy. I was like, I just like eating candy. And he's the guy who also ate the turkey heart and the gizzard and uh, yeah. made a big show of it, too. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I don't think he really ate it. I thought it was a magic trick. <laughs> Look, kids, disappearing giblets. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, but how can you not like stuffing, man? There's nothing <sighs> to not like about stuffing. Breadcrumbs soaked in the in the insides of a of a of poultry. Well, you don't make it that way anymore, but because that's dangerous. But uh, yes, that's exactly it. Bread soaked in some sort of animal juice. <laughs> yeah, and spice. What was I thinking? <laughs> I, it's great. I love stuffing. Can't you tell? <laughs> oh, oh man. You know, one of the other things that's kind of a tradition around our, our pad is, uh, you know, the wake up for the uh, Thanksgiving Day parades. I'm certainly thankful for that. You know, honestly, you know, only in America could you get up in the morning and see Al Roker interviewing the Rockettes while Martha Stewart, 98 degrees, lip sync Jingle Bell Rock <laughs> under a 90 foot floating SpongeBob SquarePants blimp. <laughs> You can't make that up. No, that's all you true. You can't make it up. And uh, there's no see, drug you can take that will that will make that happen for you. <laughs> I see uh uh who's on our float again? Not Smokey Robinson. The the Mount Rushmore float, you know, we have that we pay to have the Mount Rushmore guys out there. Oh, we did? Yeah, we always pay for and I can't remember it's some some old R and B guys are Oh yeah, Smokey Robinson's Smokey. this year. I saw his lineup. I saw his name in there. So apparently Smokey's a vegan or something. I don't know. Oh great. Once again, they picked the perfect person to represent South Dakota. Yeah, well, it's fine. It, well, it's the other cool thing float. is, it, I, I, here's what I do. Because it's so surreal, I like to, uh, you know what, right when the parade starts, I, 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 I put, the, you know, Pink Floyd's The Wall, <laughs> and I see it, and God, it links up. It links up, Pat. <laughs> every Honestly, year, it's every the year. same. It just oh, yeah. syncs up with the parade, and then... And what are you putting in your turkey, by the way? <laughs> that make that's making all this happen, or this is the pre Thanksgiving Eve. Oh yeah, this that's is why it's early. linking up for you because you know you got four days off. Oh my god! Yeah, I, honestly, if you if you start Pink Floyd's The Wall, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. when the, when the Grand Marshal says go, mm-hmm. it all links up. Honest to God, it does. All right. Well, I I'm gonna have to try that. I guess. What if you play the White Album backwards? <laughs> I, th- I think Paul is still dead. Paul is and dead, or he's on a float. He's on a float. He's on the South Dakota float, yeah. <laughs> singing R- Ricky Raccoon or whatever Rocky Raccoon. Rocky Raccoon. Oh, uh, so then there's the, uh, the last one though. Is thankful for the fact that I that I'm firmly entrenched at the adult table now, and mm-hmm. this is great. And I'm, I'm very happy and proud to be there, but. I think there's I, th- I think there's kind of a trend that there's going to be a third table pretty soon. Yeah. For the olds. <laughs> <laughs> Just put them over in the corner and put a yep. bowl of mashed potatoes out there and let them have at it. Going to be a lot of pureed turkey and lots of talk about prescription meds <laughs> and endless complaints about how salty the food is at restaurants <laughs> and how big the portions are. That doesn't sound very far off from when... <laughs> You and I get together with some of the friends. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it's... dosage is is always an important thing, and side effects that's always <laughs> pleasant too. Hey, uh, uh, Johnny, did you bring me a joke, man? I, I have a, a nice, quick, short little joke for you today, Patrick. Oh, yeah. Sure. And, and here it comes. It's just a straight one-liner for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the best thing is about casually dating a lady Viking fan? No. What is the best thing about casually dating a lady Viking fan? Well, you've got to be pretty sure she's not expecting a ring. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although... Come on, man. They're eight and two. <laughs> well, I got to get my shots in now. But come on, you know the it's inevitable. It's gonna the house of cards is building, building, building. You and know, here it comes. I uh, I was thinking this is how it's going to play out, right? Because they're pretty good. They got a good defense. They're going to uh, win the division. Obviously, they're going to get the second seed in the NFC. Get a buy. Get a buy. Win the first game. Have to go to Philadelphia. Okay. And they're going to lose to Carson Wentz on some sort of crazy last-minute thing, and they won't get to go play the Super Bowl in the new stadium. Yes, that's what it's going to be dangled out there just in front of them, and then just torn away. Moses had a better deal. (laughs) (laughs) Looking across the river. (laughs) Uh, Common man, as always. Thank you, sir. Pleasure, Patrick. Thanks. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the big uh, basketball tournament out at the Pentagon, not tournament, showcase, the Pentagon Showcase with Jesse Smith from Sanford Sports Complex. That's all coming up on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We've gathered today's talkers. Three forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's the Thanksgiving holiday, which means there's a lot of basketball going on in the world, especially in college basketball teams traveling all over to play in various uh, crazy warm places like Cancun and all that. But that's not what we do here in South Dakota. We have our own. It's the Sanford Pentagon Showcase, and we've got Jesse Smith on the line. He's director of sports operations for the Sanford Sports Complex. Jesse, big weekend coming up for you. A huge weekend, and, and thanks for having me on to talk about it. And I, I wish uh, I wish we had warmer weather like Cancun, but unfortunately, I don't think that's in the cards for us. Yeah. So, uh, how do you talk these teams? Because <laughs> everybody's got these invites, right? They could be playing in all these, you know, exotic, uh, you know, temperate climates, and you're you're bringing them into South Dakota in November. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, well, it's a process. Um, and and um, this this event in particular, the MTE, is, has been a tricky one. Um, it's something that we've we've worked with our partner schools at, at SDSU and USD to do uh, the last two years. So we've had their help and and help and coordinate this. Um, but but you're absolutely right. It's tough to talk these teams into uh, not only coming into South Dakota, but but really coming onto the home turf for for mm-hmm. USD or SDSU. Um, and we've <clears throat> you know we've we've built a little bit of a resume now over the last. Um, three, four years of doing this and doing games here. So so people have an idea of who we are, what we can provide, and, and I do think that the experience we provide here is, is unique and it's something that goes above and beyond what uh, a lot of these teams get in Cancun. Mm-hmm. They have the great weather, but um, they come here, we really take care of them. We feed them a Thanksgiving meal with, with turkey and the, the whole nine yeah. yards and um, give them the run of the facility and really try to make them feel at home. 
And of course, you do have that beautiful facility there, the Sanford Pentagon. So the teams, uh, of course, my USD Coyotes will be there. That's that's really all you got to need to know. But <laughs> Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles, the Youngstown State Penguins, we know those chuckleheads, yep. uh, and the Northern Colorado Bears, an old friend if you're a, a, a local basketball football person. Um, so how does this work? Uh, give us the details. When does it start? Because they all play each other at some point, right? Right. Yep. It's it's a true round robin, and that's that's also something unique to this uh, this MTE event. Uh, it's not bracketed. Uh, it's not preset or predetermined. It's it's you show up. Um, the four teams show up, and everybody's going to play everybody else. So um, the games get started um, on Friday with uh, the Division One teams, and we'll go. We'll start with USD. We're going to kick it off right away with USD at five thirty. Uh, and then followed at 8 o'clock with uh, Northern Colorado and Youngstown State. And so then they'll play They'll play on Friday. Saturday, uh, the piece that I don't know has gotten out there really um, too widely yet, but, but we were able to help out another partner school, Northern State. Um, they, were, they were previously scheduled to play their MTE or their, their conference, uh, not their conference, but their um, exempt tournament in, mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico in Obviously, oh, sure. that can't happen. Um, so they reached out to us. I wouldn't say last minute, but but it's it came together fairly quickly, looking for a venue to help them out so that they could still host that tournament. So we've taken a D2 event and kind of blended it with this D1 event. So on Saturday and Sunday, really going back now to the to the old uh, <laughs> the old days of the mm-hmm. holiday tournament, yeah. uh, Northern State is going to have a, a four team event that will play Saturday morning. Uh, the Wayne State versus uh, New York Institute of Technology will go at 10:30. Then Northern State will play Missouri Southern at 12:30. Then we'll go shift gears, go back to the D1s. Youngstown will play Southern Miss at four, and USD will play the nightcap at 6:30 against Northern Colorado. So we've been able to blend those two together. Uh, really excited about it, but it's going to be a lot of basketball. Yeah, that is a lot of basketball. But you know, we're basketball fans here. Right. And the great, yeah, and the great thing for fans is that because of the way it came together, and because we wanted to, we want to try to make this special for the teams. Uh, one ticket gets you in for uh, for all four of those games. So, oh, cool. and that'll be the same on Sunday. So you buy one ticket. Uh, if you're a Northern State fan, you can stay watch USD. If you're a USD fan, you can, you can certainly stay on Sunday and watch Northern State or Wayne State. So, uh, a lot of basketball, and, and hopefully uh, everybody's up for it. Yeah. So it's is it one ticket for the whole thing or one ticket per day? One ticket per day. Got it. Yep. And uh, where do I can I buy those in advance or should I just come to the door? How's that work? Uh, either either option works. Uh, I mean, I don't like to wait in lines, so my preference mm-hmm. is, to, is to go on to Ticketmaster.com, go in there. I can pick my seat. I know it's. I know where I'm sitting. I know I'm going to have a ticket, and um, so I I would go that route. But certainly, we'll have people in the box office. Uh, an hour before doors open, and you can certainly can walk up and, and get a ticket that way too. That's outstanding. So, uh, since the Pentagon opened, uh, you guys have been hosting a lot of big games, um, including uh, Wisconsin, and uh, you know, I th- didn't Iowa play there at one point, and, and a lot of different big time programs. Um, does since you started doing this four-team event does that mean you won't be doing some of those other things now or how's that work no we're we're still um we're still committed to that what i, I call it the big game yeah. um and, and we're still committed to doing that that's that's kind of everybody's favorite and that's the that's the shiny one that's on espn and and everybody gets to see that uh but a lot of our other programming is, is still going to continue you know a lot of what we do is youth-based and right and high school and and college and we're going to continue to do the division one game we're going to continue to do uh, the local Division One schools, as well as the D two stuff, because it's all 
all a big part of what we do out here, and, and we want to make sure that, that everybody gets a chance to play play on Heritage Court and, and, and experience the Pentagon. Yeah, and you also host the Sky Force, so there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of basketball being played That's at the right. Pentagon. That's it, right. It's, it's kind of funny because it, it, I hate to say this, and it sounds terrible, but sometimes we forget about the Sky Force and, mm-hmm. and the level of basketball and the level of athlete that, that um, plays in the G League is, is really incredible. And sometimes we have to sit back and, and kind of take note of that and say, oh, you know, we roll the carpet out for uh, these Division One schools, but really we've got guys that are NBA ready, and they, you know, the yep. two-way guys go back and forth, and they're in our building every day. So maybe we get a little numb to it and, and don't appreciate what we have, but they play just incredible, incredible basketball. Yeah, and of course you can hear all those games right here on Information 1000 KSLO with home games, Voice of the Sky Force, Mr. Dan Peters. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. You see how I did that? See how I slid right into that? <laughs> that was really seamless. And Dan's not even here to appreciate it, so how's that go? <laughs> uh, um, uh, Jesse Smith, the Director of Sports Operations for the Sanford Sports Complex, which is out there in the northwest part of the city. Uh, Jesse, thanks for taking a couple minutes to fill us in on the big event this weekend. Hey, you bet. Um, anytime, and, and thanks for having me on. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Pop in the earbuds. Three fifty-six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Crowded house, something so strong. Hey, don't forget, this Friday, man, it's a big day. Day after Thanksgiving, the Parade of Lights in downtown Sioux Falls. Gets started at 7.30 p.m., and if you've ever been down there, and probably a lot of you have, you know that it is a big, big event, a lot of fun. Dazzling lighted holiday floats and music will flood historic Phillips Avenue from 13th Street to 5th Street. Go to DTSF.com for more information on that. I actually will be in the parade. I'm going to be out there. We'll see if you can see me. If you see me out there, uh, I might be on a bike. Okay, I'm going to be on a bike. That's how that's going to work. Uh, Yeah, I'm out there with the Falls Area Bicyclists, and we've got our little entry. Some, uh, you know, synchronized, uh, highly specialized bike riding. (laughs) Okay. It's not, it's not that synchronized and it's not that skilled, but we will be out there. Uh, and so if you say, if you see us out there, say hi, give us a shout out. I tell you what, it's one of the most fun events that I uh, participate in or go to every year because it's just, everybody's in such a good mood. It looks like the weather's going to be awesome for the parade. Hope to see y'all down. I've been in that thing when it's been like freezing cold and pouring rain. So We'll be very happy with the forecast that we're seeing right now, which is looking pretty good. Coming up in the second hour, we're going to talk to Madeline Shields. She is Director of Development and Marketing for The Banquet. They've got a big event uh, every year on Thanksgiving morning called The Run for Food that uh, does a lot of good work and has been going for quite a few years, and it's just a great story. So we'll talk to Madeline about that. And uh, we're getting a little. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, net neutrality news today. If you've heard about that uh, with Midco's Dan Nelson, so stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information One Thousand KSOO.
Beyond the Days is full of great deals. Whoa. To help you get all the holiday feels. Whoa. The Happy Honda Day sales event offers well-qualified buyers 0.9% APR on the 2017 Pilot. With its stylish... 414 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, as you heard in the uh, market report there, uh, a lot of big financial news in uh, going on today because the FCC uh, revealed or uh, uh, unveiled, uh, circulated a uh, plan to uh, repeal net neutrality, which is a terribly complicated thing. So what I did is I called Dan Nelson, who works for Midco, which is our cable provider and is involved in this uh, in this issue. And Dan, who is the Director of Governmental Affairs, is going to explain it to us. Dan, thanks for coming. Glad to be here. <laughs> so um, the net neutrality is kind of a, a catchy phrase, but it doesn't necessarily describe what we're dealing with here. Um, so the FCC regulates a lot of different communications, obviously. Uh, internet service and is one of them. What does the phrase, and so they unveiled their plan today, and they're going to vote in December. Uh, we've been talking about this forever, it seems like. What is net neutrality? Well, there's, there's two different ways to describe it. <clears throat> Excuse me. The principle of net neutrality, which I'll explain first, and then what government relate, regulations say net neutrality is. The principle of net neutrality is, is that the Internet is open and free to all users, and it does not discriminate. The net is neutral. It is a content delivery uh, system, and it is neutral. It doesn't favor. It doesn't block. It doesn't throttle. That's the concept. What net neutrality has turned out to be in terms of regulations is a regulatory body in 2015 said net neutrality is those things that I said, no blocking, no throttling, no discrimination, but it also is in a regulatory system that allows people to bring complaints in front of the FCC, point fingers at each other, and so on, and use a mechanism that's far removed and loses sight of the goal. So Midco and our allies in this fight, we're okay with the concept of net neutrality. We just don't like the way the rules are set up that were put in in 2015. The FCC is taking steps to, at their December meeting, reverse that action from 2015. The 2015 action was the FCC, was it not? It was the FCC, yeah. but yep. it, I mean, let's, you know, get right down to putting the labels on it. Right. It was under Democratic control, right. and it was passed by a 3-2 vote with the three Democrats voting yes and the Republicans mm -hmm. voting no. Mm -hmm. In December 14th, it's expected the exact opposite will happen. The three Republicans will vote to repeal, and the two Democrats will vote to keep the present rules. Yeah, so the concern um, among some consumer groups is, I mean, use the term throttle, which is actually a pretty good term where you can um, adjust the speed essentially of your internet service and what you're saying is that you don't do that now and you don't want to you have no plans to do that that's not the way you operate is that what I'm hearing from you that's always been Midco's policy <clears throat> before these regulations we operate the same during these regulations we've operated the same 
after these regulations are repealed, mm-hmm. we intend to operate this. I mean, presuming they're repealed mm-hmm. in the December vote, and we intend to operate the same. It's just that the 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 other rules that were put into that structure were a little bit of overkill. And and again, let's kind of cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. The way these rules were put in place is a fight between companies like Midco and Verizon and AT and T that mm-hmm. provide your internet service. And Google and Amazon and Netflix right. that use your internet pipeline to talk to you and to present advertising to you. It, it, it's it, people like to characterize it as a, as this protection of the little guy or a First Amendment or whatever. But this, from the outset, has been an industry fight between some of the biggest players in in telecom and information services today. Oh, most certainly. We're here with Dan Nelson, who is Director of Governmental Affairs for Midco, which is the cable and uh, phone service and all kinds of stuff provider for a lot of us. In Great data the, services. That's what we're talking about today. Data services. Uh, and you know what's crazy about this debate, and not crazy, but very interesting, is that during this time we've been having it, even during the time we've been talking about the concept of net neutrality, the businesses that operate under it have changed drastically you talked about uh uh google and netflix i mean just when you think about what we get in terms of entertainment services over that cable line uh, or whatever internet service we're using it's phenomenal it's been phenomenal growth so uh as consumers we are using way more bandwidth than we used to use right Absolutely. So the, the exponential increases in the amount of <coughs> data that needs to move upstream and downstream from users or back to providers, exponential increases. And so uh, a, the, the concept here is that because the, the reason Netflix, Google, or whomever on the other side uh, is a supporter of keeping the rules is they think you as, well, we're going to say Midco, because you offer on-demand services as well, that's how you make money, that you will favor your services so that Netflix stuff will download much slower. That's one concern. Uh, Here's another concern they have. They've become so dominant in what's what's moving up and down the Internet that they feared that a company would come to them and say, we've noticed that 65% of our traffic is your stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't want to build pipes just for you. Now, Midco's never made that threat. We never intend to make that threat. But in Silicon Valley, they went and they talked themselves into this scenario. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of what the companies that favor this type of regulation, it's not even what's happened to them. It's what they fear Mm-hmm. might happen to them and 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 it happens all the time in government dominant players in a market either try to increase their dominance or protect their dominance this has been an industry fight from the get-go are there differences in opinion amongst the internet providers not necessarily between companies but in terms of mode meaning phone systems versus cable systems versus dish systems do you guys are you all on the same page in terms of uh supporting essentially the repeal of the current law if if you're providing an internet pipe to customers 
you generally don't want to cede control of your asset to another interest. Mm -hmm. So in general, I think it's fair to say that ISPs, as they're referred Mm -hmm. to in this uh, discussion, internet service providers, are uniformly against Title II regulation of our assets. And the Title II... Again, that doesn't mean we're against net neutrality because, again, all the net neutrality principles, no blocking, no throttling, no paid prioritization, Mm -hmm. those are things we do today. We... Those are part of our policy. It's the regulatory structure that was constructed that we start to have problems with. And Title II refers to a piece of, of 1930s-era legislation that was put in place when, I believe, the FCC was created. It's a portion of a Telecommunications Act from the 1930s. It is one of the ongoing regulatory mechanisms that the FCC has, as they still have jurisdiction over telephones, and they still have jurisdiction over radio airwaves. Technology has changed a lot, and and part of what's going on is that the FCC, like other parts of government, is always trying to catch up and keep up with technology, and, and technology changes so fast. That's been hard for government to do, and you can – there's a ton of issues that go with that, whether it's it's broadcasting or 911 services or, as we're talking mm-hmm. about, Internet today. Technology's moving pretty fast. It's hard for the government to keep up. You know, why you, – you're in business, okay um, – it's not like a traditional utility anymore, obviously. I don't know that cable ever was a traditional utility, but it, at its onset, it sort of muddled the, the definitions and rules of how we regulate utility. But why, as a business, wouldn't you go to Netflix or Google or whoever is using 65% of your bandwidth or your tube and say, look, you got to pay more? Why wouldn't you do that? From one perspective... Um, The reason we haven't done that is because high-volume content producers come to companies like Midco and they say, you know, if we have all our servers, our computers Mm -hmm. that are sending things to customers in Chicago, that's – if we – put our servers in South Dakota, mm-hmm. um, we can te- cut down our transport costs and we're that much closer to our customers. One of the, th- in general, and I'm not a technology guy, mm-hmm. and, and if my technology guys are listening to this broadcast, they're starting <laughs> to cringe when I walk out on to these, ser- but part of, here's another way to look at it. The, the cloud gets everybody's information that they might want closer to them potentially. So if I have a lot of content that I want to distribute, I stash that on cloud servers all over the country to mm-hmm. get it closer to the customer so that when you ask for it in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I don't have to send it to you from mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can send it to you from Grand Forks or Sioux Falls. Now those are locations where um, uh, Fargo, where Midco has cloud services yeah. available. So I'm being a little biased, but... <laughs> Yes, of course. But so you won't charge them more because you're, I mean, you wouldn't do a throttling on something like that because you're already doing business with them in other ways. I mean, you're, you sort of live together in the, in the entertainment universe. You need each other. Yes. Uh, and I think as this net neutrality issue has been discussed and then we've, uh, since the net neutrality discussion uh, began, we've had 
more focused discussions on consumer and Internet privacy. Um, we've also had the issue as we uh, post-election, as we talk about mm-hmm. um, bots mm-hmm. and unattributed content, um, the, the uh, you know, political advertising, we're used to it saying on the bottom mm-hmm. where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Or the voiceover on the radio commercial says this message paid for by. Um, and suddenly in digital advertising, we don't know where anything is. So as the net neutrality issue has been idling along for three or four e- issue years, excuse me, some of these other issues have come along. And suddenly now I think you, I think it's fair to say that um, Google and, and Netflix and Midco and AT&T suddenly realize, well, while this might be a dispute, these are common areas of concern. It's an evolving mm-hmm. area of public policy. Yeah. So from my perspective, my cable service, if they t- repeal this law, my cable service, my ability to get Internet and stream shouldn't change. Midco has no intention of the way we deal with our traffic. Okay. Uh, and, and just another commentary to put it in, in perspective mm-hmm. for everybody. We're talking today in detail about a document that the FCC said they're going to release tomorrow. Right. But they released it today in advance of them releasing it tomorrow. It is not going to be voted on by the FCC until December 14th. So uh, it's still again, not that none, long. none of this is like the house is on fire, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we do appreciate the chance to come in and talk about it. No and, problem. And Midco, uh, our people, we have information on our website about net neutrality. We invite yep. you to visit it at midco.com. Dan Nelson, he is the governmental director of governmental affairs for Midco. I really appreciate you coming in. And I should say, you didn't ask to come on. I asked you to come on, right? I just for happy, happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely, because I wanted to know. Uh, this is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hi, this is. And it's 4.35 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we, it's, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's the holidays. We're all in the, in the great holiday spirit here at the Patrick Lally Show. Uh, but it's always important to remember uh, what's going on in the world, in our world. And there's a lot of folks who don't have the uh, opportunity and the, and the good, good fortune to have family and friends and uh, resources around us. And there is an event that I really like on Thanksgiving morning, and that is the Run for Food that is for the banquet. So we have Madeline Shields, who is the Director of Development and Marketing for the Banquet in studio Madeline, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. So, as I said, the Run for Food is uh, a big dang deal and has has really, really grown. Tell us about the origins of this fine event. Yeah, this is a great story. I love to tell. Um, so, it was about 13, 14 years ago, and a couple of childhood friends, um, Jeff Schmidt, who's a city planner for the city of Sioux Falls, and Rob Sievold, his friend. Um, They grew up together um, over in the Whittier neighborhood, and um, they are runners. They like to run. And so a few years back, they said, hey, let's Thanksgiving morning, let's go for a run. Well, on their route, they're talking as they're running. They said, hey, let's swing by the banquet. I bet you they're cooking turkeys over there. Mm -hmm. And let's drop off a donation. So they did. 
And that was the very first run for food. It was those two guys. And so then the next year they said, hey, let's get a few more people and let's do this. And now the Sioux Falls Area Running Club organizes the run for food. Mm -hmm. um, And it is the banquet's largest fundraiser every year. Uh, When the weather's nice, we expect six to 800 runners to come out. And the beautiful thing about this, first of all, I have to note, that if you've ever run with Rod Sievold, which I have, Rob Sievold, uh, he never quits talking. So <laughs> when you say they got to talking, I need to set the record straight okay. there. He starts talking at the beginning, and he stops talking when you're done. And then in between there, you just run. No, I run. He's a great guy. I love Rob. Um, and they've done amazing. It really is an amazing story. Um, so six to 800 people. Uh, but the really cool thing about this run in this event is that how sort of bare bones it is. Mm-hmm. It's just coming around. There's none of the other stuff that comes with some sort of uh, event, all of which are fine events, but there's no time clock. There's no shirts. There's no nothing. It's just show up and run. Show up and run. And it's a no frills. That's how they want it to be. Um, it's Thanksgiving morning. Uh, nobody wants to think about registering and getting a t-shirt size mm-hmm. and, you know, come down, bring your dogs, bring your kids, mm-hmm. pack up those kids and dress them up like turkeys and stuff them in a stroller. And it is an awesome event. We have so many families that come. Um, we have groups of friends. Mm-hmm. We have high school track teams and cross country teams that come. Um, we have groups of friends that you can go onto uh, the banquet's Facebook page and look back over the pictures and they dress up in turkey tutus. <laughs> um, we have people that carry these odd-looking styrofoam turkeys. (laughs) (laughs) They wear turkeys on their heads. Um, You know, more uh, of a spectacle, Mm -hmm. the better. It is is an absolute great event. It's fun. People love it. Um, Because a lot of families, you know, they're going to go somewhere for Thanksgiving uh, later in the day. So they get up. They get up early. They go out and get some exercise. A lot of people have to go out and walk their dogs anyway. Bring them over to the banquet. (laughs) Just show up at the banquet. Show up at the banquet. Um, uh, Remind people, Madeline Shields, from the banquet, Mm -hmm. where the banquet is and where this event happens. Sure. It's right at the banquet. We're at the corner of 8th and Indiana, uh, 900 East 8th Street. Um, you can park in the banquets parking lots. We have two parking lots. You can park on the streets. Um, you can park down down the the block. You can um, ride your bike. You can ride your bike. You can run there. We have people who <laughs> yep, run yep. to the run for food, yep. which always makes me smile because I will be driving. I live on the west side of Sioux mm-hmm. Falls, and I have to be there early. I come about seven seven fifteen. And here are people dressed up running to the run for food. And I'm like, wow, they are awesome because I'm a walker. I don't, I don't run in the run for food. Um, it's a one-mile fun run or walk. It's a 5K or a 10K. Mm-hmm. And um, I usually walk the, uh, the banquet staff gets together and we walk the 5K. Cool. And there's, mm-hmm. so there's distances for everybody. It's fine. There's no no expectation. You just go out and you run and you have a good time. Uh, it starts at 8? Eight? 8 o'clock, yep. We, people start showing up about 7.30. Um, you know, they're stretching. We we have people coming into our welcoming room, and then by the time they're in the dining room, the dining room's full. Mm-hmm. It's full of people. Um, and then they some people stand outside because they don't want to get warmed up um, if they have been running there. Mm-hmm. And so it's... um. 
it's just a great event. The weather's supposed to be awesome. On it's going to be great. Um, 32 is the low. So yeah. I'm thinking by 8 o'clock, it might be 34. 35, <laughs> 37. You know, this is going to be great, great weather. Actually, and no wind. That's yeah. the best part. It's going to be a lovely morning, a uh, great morning for a run. If you do any sort of fitness or any, and it's 10 what you you want ten dollars, right? You the, ask ten it's, bucks. It's a suggested donation of ten dollars. Yep. Um, and you know what? We also tell people we love everyone. We love the people who want to stay in bed, mm-hmm. stay in their pajamas. Mm-hmm. They want to drink their coffee and they want to watch the parade. Absolutely, go for it. Mm-hmm. But sometime during the day, go online, go to the banquetsf.org and click on that donate button. Yeah, you're. It's the same thing. You're going to help a family. Um, you know, $10 is, feeds a family of four at the banquet. Wow. And and that's a delicious full meal with turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy, a vegetable, a dinner roll, um, and dessert, milk, coffee, and water. So And so you serve uh, Thanksgiving dinner every year mm-hmm. um, in addition to your normal schedule. Um, do you, how many people do you get for that Thanksgiving meal? About Thanksgiving, we usually have about 300 people come for Thanksgiving dinner. You know, the thing about the banquet is everybody's welcome, and whoever whoever comes, comes. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of really don't, don't always know. Um, typically, um, Thanksgiving's a little bit lighter mm-hmm. than the, the other nights during the week. You know, for instance, this week we're serving... 450 to 600 people a night. Wow. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's busy at the banquet, yeah. um, especially as the um, holidays get closer. You know, people are, are their money is thin, mm-hmm. you know, heating bills are higher this time of month. You know, they're, um, they're using more gas. They're not walking as mm-hmm. much as they are, you know, um, they've had to buy winter coats for their kids, um, boots and snow pants. You know, we, we see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime the economy has any kind of change or dip, our numbers show that. Yeah. We're here with Madeline Shield. She is the director of development and marketing for the banquet in Sioux Falls. We used to call it a soup kitchen. It's is that still a phrase that you well, use? No, actually, you know what? The banquet has never been a soup kitchen. Then why do ever. we use that phrase? That's a, that's a big city phrase that comes from, you know, maybe New York, Chicago. Um, so what do you call? I mean, when you say the banquet, it is a... Feeding ministry. A feeding ministry. The feeding ministry of the banquet. We're going to come right back and talk more about the holiday season and how you can help. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Hi everyone, Chad here from 446 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing our conversation with Madeline Shield. She's Director of Development and Marketing for The Banquet in Sioux Falls, a feeding ministry. Did I get that right? You did. Oh, that's outstanding. Um, so you, we've been talking about the Run for Food, which is coming up on Thursday morning, 8 o'clock, if you want to go down there and help out. Small donation, and all you have to do is uh, come up and run. We talked about all that, 8 o'clock, Thursday morning. But you guys have lots of other stuff going on. And uh, you were just showing me this uh, these plates of cookies, and <laughs> which immediately has my attention. So I can get, what, like all the cookies I can eat, right? How does yeah, this work? Actually, what is this deal? Yeah, 
we have a we do a uh, cookie platter fundraiser through the banquet. And when we, you know, when you think of the banquet, you think of food. Yeah. And you know, not just um, the protein. We got to have our snacks too. So what we've done is we've gotten some fantastic bakers to help us with this. These are homemade, beautiful cookie platters. Um, expect thirty to 35 cookies on a platter. It's a suggested donation of $20 per platter. Um, And if you want them, contact the banquet. You can go to the website. You can give us a call. um, Order them. Uh, A lot of businesses put them out for their customers during the holiday seasons. We've also had um, Citibank one year got a bunch of them and they raffled them off to their employees oh and then they, they donate the money back to you or just keep them um, no they they, they, they donate it. They, I think they, well yeah it was a it was a it was um it was a raffle and it is they do all kinds of donations up there right and so yeah they what they um but we've had lots of businesses contact us we have people that give them to their customers as gifts yeah. um to their clients what have you so this is like and and these aren't like little crappy cookies you're talking about church lady cookies basically oh at homemade um fudge you've got the peanut butter clusters Mm. you have popcorn balls you have um Mm. the (laughs) it's it's the almond bark that's cut in with the oh peanut brittle i can't even say we've had (laughs) it takes about four hours with a group of like 15 people to put these platters together they're massive and they're delicious and so how do i get them because i gotta i gotta get in on this how do i do this contact the banquet and put your name on the list and we'll have a platter ready for you they come on decorated plates Mm -hmm. um so you can reuse them Mm -hmm. they've got um holiday plates um just in time for christmas um if you want them for your business they're going to be available on Tuesday, December 19th, so that you can um, either give them to people or put them out that week of, uh, oh, before see. Christmas if you want to um, have them that week. Now, if you want them for your Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. for your personal Christmas dinner, you can pick them up on Saturday, December 23rd. So well, we that have sounds two, really cool. We have two different, um, if you want them for business, mm-hmm. you can get them early on mm-hmm. December 19th. You want them for your own, December 23rd. Perfect. And how many of these uh, cookie platters do you end up making? Um, I think the last couple of years we did uh, well over 100, I know. Wow. Yeah. So it's That's a, a lot of platters. It's a lot of platters. It's a lot of cookies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's the peanut butter balls. They have the... cookie blossom you know don't waste your time baking (laughs) and you know what take credit for them that's right you don't have to tell anybody tell anybody you didn't bake them these are the finest lard based church lady (laughs) cookies you're ever going to find and and i have to add they're not what you're going to get in the store no um because you're going to get about 30 cookies to a platter Mm. at least and it's it's a it's a great it's a great uh, project for the banquet. Um, you know, one thing we do, the banquet, we help people who are hungry, mm-hmm. but that's not our main mission. Our main mission is to our volunteers. We have over 25,000 volunteers every year wow. come to the banquet. And when the banquet started in 1985, they built the model around the volunteers. The volunteer is the number one most important person associated with the banquet because without your volunteers, nothing else is going to work. And so there are a lot of people that want to do something for the banquet 
maybe they can't serve a meal. They don't, they can't come or they live, uh, you know, too far away. It's just, it doesn't work with their work. But there are all different kinds of things that people can do for the banquet. And so we have these bakers that do this. Um, we have people that make art bags for Project SOS for our school supply packets. Um, we have, we have. Um, well, you have the, 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 the Christmas project, the shower our guests with care. Absolutely. And so you can collect. How does that work? I collect well, all these, this sure. toiletries no, and such, right? Well, no, that's, this is a little bit different because it's a little more involved. Um, pro- project uh, Shower Our Guests with Care is, uh, we partnered with Lewis Drugstores mm-hmm. locally, and um, they provide all the product that oh. goes into these big Ziploc bags. Um, we, they ordered everything. It's a family size soap, shampoo, conditioner, lotion, toothbrush, toothpaste, um, deodorant, um, everything you need um, in in your hygiene mm-hmm. closet. Everything, and um, we had volunteers from O'Gorman High School come out to the Lewis warehouse and they pack them. We oh, did okay. fifteen hundred of them, um, men's, women's, and children's, and then Lewis puts them in their stores. And they are on an end cap. They're for sale for nine ninety nine. Wow. So you buy that, you drop it in the donation bin, and it comes right back to the banquet. I see. Yeah. And then um, the week right before Christmas, I think it's the, I don't know, 21st, 22nd, we're going to distribute those for dinner during during our dinner meal. I see. Um, and everyone who comes to eat at the banquet gets one. Uh, very quickly in the time we have left, Madeline Shields, Director of Development and Marketing for the Banquet. Uh, you opened a West Side location how long ago? 2014. And what's the progress on that? Uh, we are growing by leaps and bounds at Banquet West. Uh, we serve two nights a week, uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, at the WH Lion Fairgrounds in the Nordstrom Johnson Building. Um, it's set up like catering. Mm-hmm. Uh, volunteers help set up. They serve the meal. The, the only difference with Banquet West is um, our staff cooks that meal. So oh, the I groups see. that serve at the WH Lion Fairgrounds, that meal, um, do not have to come in and cook that meal. You're serving and, and just uh, dishing out food and cleaning up and that kind of thing. Right. You set up, you, you serve the meal. You, mm-hmm. It's the same premise. Everything's the same. Um, Banquet West, we are seeing a whole new... Um, group of people that have never come to the banquet before. We have a lot of retirees, Mm -hmm. um, elderly. We hear that they are um, buying medications instead of food. And so Banquet West is a blessing to that area and a lot of families out there. Tuesday and Wednesday nights, what time? Um, 5.15 to, well, volunteers 5.15 to 8.15, but we serve 6 to 7.30. Our hours are always the same. And we need volunteer groups in January and February. And how do I get a hold of you if I want to volunteer my group? You go to the banquet's website. You can pick your date. You click on the calendar and you see what's available. And you do not have to fill the entire group. Yeah. You can have a small group and we will pair you with another group. We do all the work. That's outstanding. Madeline Shields, Director of Development, Director of, no, you're not Director of Governmental Affairs for Midco. You're, <laughs> you're the Director of Development and Marketing for the banquet. That's uh, it. Thanks for coming in. The Run for Food, Thursday morning, 8 o'clock at the banquet. It's good to see you, Madeline. Thanks for having me. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. You keep putting out cash for the latest guest. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 
And this is The Clash, Radio Clash, which means it's the end of the day. I'd like to celebrate with a little Clash. Coming up tomorrow, you're going to want to tune in. Joe Sneavy, City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media, will be here. Lots of good topics to hit there. The Boon Man will be making a special pre-Thanksgiving appearance for Weird Friends, and we'll check in with Kelsey Passolt over there at KDLT, our old friend. That's all tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSO. Around 2000 BC, there's evidence of the first banks making grain loans to farmers and traders who carried goods between cities. Today, you can find a reliable